Well, I'm Betty Cook, Women Against Pit Closures. I'm delighted to be here today, but I must admit that I was a little bit nervous. We speak all over the world, but I looked at this list of academics and I thought, oh gosh. But here I am, I'm a working class woman, and I'm proud to be a working class woman. Uh, during the strike, uh, obviously, Anne's told you, we, we did all sorts of things. Uh, my village was invaded by police. It wasn't really a village, it was just a few rows of houses on an isolated place called Woolly Edge and they, they literally invaded our village because we had a little caravan and we used to do soup for the pickets in the morning and the police used to bring the dogs right up to the counter and they used to be snarling and growling at us and our response was you can bring your dogs, you can bring your horses but we'll be back time and time again. But if you'd have told me six months before the strike, the things that I would do during that 12 months and afterwards, I would have said, not me, I wouldn't do anything like that. But one day I was so incensed because the police had totally blocked off our road, we couldn't get in or out. And um, typical working class woman I was, I pay my rates and I live here and if I want to walk here, so I will. So I took my son's dog up, uh, up to the police line and she was a stupid dog she was really stupid but I didn't put her on a lead uh, I just took her up with me and when I got to the police line uh, one of them said where are you going I said I'm going up here I'm walking my dog he said oh no you're not I said oh yes I am I live here and I have a right to walk my dog and he went to grab me and as he grabbed me the dog grabbed him straight by the arm and she was swinging on his arm and he jumped back and he said that bloody dog bites I said exactly officer she's just like yours she's trained to do and they just opened up and let me through and the ironic thing was I didn't want to go there but I had to <laughs> I just had to make the, that point. And one morning when the sun was shining, they stood with all the riot shields, you know. Our kids were trying to go to school and they blocked off with riot shields. And the sun was shining on the shields and the children in, in the community always called me Cookie. And they said, Cookie, what are those up there? And I said, the police. And they said, they're not police. Policemen don't look like that. So even our children were confined. And uh, one little boy, in, it was summer, and the kids used to whiten the little pumps because that's all they'd got to go to school in at that time. And, and one of our little boys was going to school. And his father had died very tragically a few years ago. And the policeman stood there and he was scuffing his pumps, you know, to make them dirty. And he said, I bet your dad's a striking miner. And if you've seen that picture of a little child with one tear, and that little boy looked and he said, my dad is dead. So I hope when they went back, I just hope that they thought about what they'd done to our community, to our people, and to our children. It was unforgi unforgivable. And, and I can't forget what they did to us. And so the strike drastically changed me. It changed me as a person. I became lippy. I, I would attack the police if they tried to attack me. Uh, they did the best to get rid of me, but they didn't get rid of me until February 85. And they did that by breaking my kneecap on the picket line. And again, I said, I'll be back. 
I'll be back tomorrow and I'll be, be back time and time again. But we were speaking in universities and colleges and sometimes I thought, I know as much or sometimes more than some of these people here. And they're educated, so after this try, I'm gonna get me some education. So two years after the strike, I went to college for two years, got sucked into the system. I was going to go back in the community, but um, I went to uni and got my degree. And I wouldn't have done that without the miners' strike. I wouldn't have done it without women against pit closures. But the brilliant thing was, I was a very, very mature student. I was in my 50s when I went to uni. And the, the young ones, you know, they'd gone through the system. They hadn't had any life experience. I'd already got my degree from the University of Life. And so in tutorials, some of the tutors really used to browbeat them and let them dig a hole and wouldn't even give them a shovel, you know, to help them out. And I used to say, now stop this academic violence now. We're not having it. You know, you can just stop it now. And the kids used to say, oh, we love it when you're in our tutorials. You know, we really look after you. So there came the confidence. And then a little later on, I realized that I'd had a very, very unhappy marriage. I tried to make it work for 30 odd years and it had never worked. And with the support of people in college and uni, people like Anne in Women Against Pit Closures, it gave me the confidence to leave home. And I got divorced two years later. And my argument is when people criticise um, marriage breakups during the strike, the strike didn't break up my, my marriage, the strike made it possible. It gave me the in in information that I needed, it gave me the confidence that I needed. And today, Anne and I still go on picket lines. The FBU ring us regularly. We're having a picket tomorrow, can you come? Which we, we love to do because we can do things that they can't. As Anne says, they can't, they can't sack us, they can arrest us, so what? You know, uh, we, we, we make a stand and we believe in what we're doing and we believe in supporting other workers in struggle. So they stand on the picket line, we scream scabs, and we also go poking around the back of the fire station doing things, which is really good. And I, I guess when they're watching the cameras, I think, look at those two old geriatrics poking around there. But, you know, it, it's left us with that sense of purpose. Uh, and we will agitate and we will organise and we've got a label now and the call is rent a mob, rent a gob, rent a picket squad <laughs> but we're there and we're proud to support the working class and we're proud for all the support we received in the strike from the rank and file, from people abroad we were invited regularly to the Women Coal Miners Conference in the States Anne and I were there last year at a reunion conference and everything was still the same it was like 84 and 84 five was all over again. Women again in struggle and supporting each other because they have a, a horrible time of it, the miners in the States, besides in other countries. Um, um, and one thing that I want to really stress is that it's so important that we educate our young people, particularly in health and safety. My son, my Donny, was killed two, uh, sorry, he was killed 
about five, six years ago at Callingly Corrie underground. And because I'd been a nurse in the past, I knew what kind of death it had. And it had a horrible death, but I was so proud of him. It supported his union 100% before the strike, during the strike, and after the strike. And it's so important because the man that caused the accident, it wasn't his fault. It was the fault of management by not training and, and not giving retraining. So. I would like to take this message out. Please, health and safety is so important in the workplace. Thank you. Thank you.